Today we are, as has been mentioned, and most of you know because you are here for that reason, we're going to celebrate with several from our church family uh, as they make a statement through choosing to be baptized. Uh, now, on, you know, when we're done and we're on our way out, you know, some of you I know, some of you I don't. So, you know, just tell me your name on, on your way out and who, who you're here to see be baptized and uh, that'll, that's just a, a good thing. It's encouraging for us, encouraging for them. What I'm going to do right now is dismiss those who are going to be baptized. Also, they can go to the lobby, meet the deacons and deaconesses there. They will take you uh, where you need to go to get ready and uh, to prepare. And while they're getting ready, I want to take just a few minutes to um, to explain to you a little bit what we're doing, why we do this, what I'm sharing with you. I already... Excuse me, already went over with uh, this same stuff with those who are being baptized, uh, so they know it. So if you would take a Bible and turn in Matthew chapter 28 with me. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one in the pew in front of you. It's on page 918, uh, and you can turn there. It's the end of Matthew's gospel, and he is sharing with, uh, with not only his, his followers then, but even also with us. Uh, the reality and the things of what he is calling them, what what he's called all of us to uh, as his people. Matthew chapter 28, drop down to verse 18. Also, if you're if uh, this is your first time here, this is the shortest sermon you'll ever hear from me. Just so you, just so you you're aware of that. Matthew chapter uh, 28, verse 18 says, "Then Jesus came near and said to them." All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, on a normal Sunday, we'd take a little bit more time to explain how we get to all of these things uh, for you. But one of the things you need to realize right up front is really the only command here, the only thing that we are told to do is to make disciples. That's all, that, that, that is the, the command that is contained here. Um, a, a disciple is simply a, a pupil, a learner. When it talks about baptizing things, those, those are, are, again, what we'll see here, part of the identification of it. But when he tells us to make disciples, it's a pupil, a learner. Uh, I was trying to think what, what's something that we see similar to that. We think of an apprenticeship. Uh, you know, is, is very similar to that. In an apprenticeship, uh, one is committed to learn a particular trade or a particular task from one who is experienced, from one who, who knows, uh, what, whatever it might be. We have a nephew who, uh, was a, um, an apprentice electrician and he went through years of working with an electrician and classes studying about electricity and things and now he is considered a journeyman electrician he has he has finished that apprenticeship and now he in turn has that same opportunity to have an apprentice work with him and go on this is kind of the picture that's there uh, here it is calling us to help others become a pupil and apprentice not of ours different than it would be for an electrician but in particular a, a, a disciple uh, an apprentice of jesus christ now it's much deeper than an apprenticeship seeing an apprentice you hit a point and you complete it 
and you know you're good to go. Um, the uh, you wouldn't want me to wire your house. My nephew, you know, he'd be fine wiring your house uh, with me. Would he get much beyond an extension cord? Uh, kind of. Kind of hit the limit of my knowledge of electricity, uh, you know, and, and uh, so it's it's that it's a deeper it's it's a relationship it's a commitment to a relationship is what he's talking about when he says to make disciples. You help someone come to that to that uh, commitment of a relationship and a relationship with Jesus. Now, when I say a relationship with Jesus, this is not simply an I know Jesus kind of relationship. You know, that's not what it is. Uh, you know, that oh, I, I, you know, I, I know him. It's it's more an I am fully committed to Jesus relationship. That's the picture there. It's it's in a sense uh, the difference between you know oh, 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 uh, someone who you know and someone who you are married to. There's a, a much deeper level of commitment there, and this is what it's talked about there. Um, you know, and when he talks, he says you know to to baptize them. You know, the baptism. What they're doing here today is really a, it's a living sermon. It's a statement that's made through the action of baptism. Through what they are doing, they are, they are making a statement. It's a statement made by those getting baptized that they are publicly expressing their commitment to live their life in relationship with Jesus as his disciple. Again, this is stuff I went over with them in a much longer time frame than what we're doing here. Uh, they understand that. They understand what they are saying by being baptized, you know, that they are making that expression. You know, they are saying by their baptism, I intend to fully live my life in a relationship with Jesus. That's the part of these verses here where it says, teaching them to observe everything that Jesus has commanded, everything that he has commanded them. The Lord mentions that in verse 20. That is that part of it unfolding there. They are making that statement. You know, a relationship. It's a relationship, what they're saying, it's a relationship that will continue to mold the person I am. Um, my wife and I have been married uh, 45 years this year. And I, I hope, um, don't nod your head or anything, just stay still. I hope I'm better at it than I was 45 years ago. You know, I mean, I, I, I would hope I am. I hope that I treat her with more love. I hope I live toward her in a relationship, you know, that, that just fully expresses to her, uh, more, you know, what, what that means and, and what my commitment to her means. And I was, and, and I've grown in that 45 years of being able to understand that a little bit more and being able to, to, uh, you know, live towards her in a way that shows her that love and that I am committed to that relationship. That's what it is. It's, it's a relationship with Christ. What they're saying, it's going to continue to mold the person that I am and also that it will guide everything that I do. You know, that this relationship that will guide all that I do and really, in a sense, more and more guide what I do. Over the 45 years that my wife and I have been married, I have learned a little bit more some of the things that irritate her. You know, and for the most part, I try not to do those things. Yeah, well, every once in a while we're not so good because every once in a while I, I do them on purpose. You know, let's be honest about about some of that. Uh, you know, but the picture here is, you know, this is the picture we have uh, for baptism. You know, and, and what they're saying. I, I want. I, I am. I am expressing to you. You know, they are expressing to you that they have a commitment to Christ, a commitment to Christ that they want to mold, continue to mold the person that they are. Are they perfect now? No. See, you're their friends. You already knew that, though. I I, I didn't have to tell you that. Are they going to be perfect? 
No, not in walking this earth. Well, what they're doing, what they're saying is, you know, I, they invited you here because, and we told them, you know, invite people. Part of what, the reason we wanted them to invite you is because you who know them and see them more often than we do can help them really to be molded more into the person I am. And I hope you do it in a loving way, but every once in a while I would say, that's not what you said, you know, in your baptism. Uh, you can do that, but try to do it a little more lovingly than that. You know, and that you can understand that they are growing in this. And also, you know, the relationship that will guide all they do. And, you know, you can you, you can help them in that. So what we're doing here now what we're doing here now, it does not save them. It does not wash their sin away. It does not add more grace to them. They are already saved. They already have a relationship with Christ. Their sin has already been washed away because of that relationship with Christ. And they are already recipients of God's grace. Yes, God continues to pour out more grace. But they, this is not to gain that. They already have these things. Each of these person, each of these people that are being baptized today, they've already met with the elders. They've told us about their relationship with Christ. Uh, I'm going to take a few minutes when we're up there to talk to each one of them so that uh, you can hear a bit of what their baptism means to them. The questions I ask them up there and stuff, it's not because we're wondering, yeah, we're going to baptize them or not. No, we've already made that decision because they've already expressed to us. We ask them to do it two ways, one in writing and one they meet with the elders because some people express themselves better in writing. Some people express themselves better verbally you know when they share with you um, just so none of you are offended i told them they don't ever have to look at you if they don't want to okay they can just continue to stare at me but i'd rather look at you uh you know but the um i've seen myself in the mirror anyway they uh you know they they are going to just tell you you know a little bit some of them might be extremely nervous and that's okay we're just going to take a few minutes to talk to them i do want to tell you um take if you if people have asked me before can we take pictures yeah go right ahead and do it you know if you even want to get up here a little closer do it because you know what we'll be up there so you really won't be in our way just um you know we want the attention up there you know so don't don't do anything goofy um but you know feel free to do that um some uh, kelvin is going to come and lead us in a song and uh, while we continue to get ready and i hope to remember to take the microphone off so we don't ruin it that's it. Thanks. Okay. I will stand, so let's stand. Eh?
Later, if you look at it now, make sure you listen to what I'm saying. But uh, anyhow, um, there's this little girl, and there's this big fishing boat, and there's little girl, and there's this big, gigantic oar, and she's got her fingers gripped to this oar, and she's got pockets, and she's got stuff in her pockets. They're filled up, 
And there's this old fisherman, there's fisherman that's standing next to her and he's looking down at her and, and, and she's like trying to row that boat with all her might and determination. And he's just smiling because he's helping her row the boat. He's really the one that's helping her hold, row the boat and he's doing all, he's really the strength. It's not her. And I also found that interesting because they are only rowing with one oar. So if the little girl's rowing with just one oar, she's going to go around in circles. And part of my life, I felt like I was doing that. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. When I was a little girl, I went to church here. I was born at this church. And in fact, um, when this church was built, I was six years old when this part of the church was. And um, I used to walk to Frankie Park to school. And so every day I'd go past this, the um School and then my grandmother lived over on Cortland Avenue. And when I was a little girl, I learned about God. I learned about God from my Sunday school teachers and things. And also, I learned a lot of things about God, about God and nature. And there was like these weird things that when I was little that I, you know, I saw and I still, I still love nature a lot. And, um, my, 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 my grandmother used to grow four o'clock flowers in her garden. And the interesting thing about four o'clock flowers is they don't open up right in the morning or right when you think that they would bloom or open up. They open up like at three or four o'clock every afternoon. And that's when they open up. And so I've, I, this year I planted moonflowers and because they open up at night too, different than all the other flowers. And I thought, what, what a testimony that this, this, there must be a creator because the flowers are opening up at different times, you know, and then you think about the stars and then you learned, you know, as you're little, you, you just learn things. Um, and then as you grow older, you have your faith, it needs to grow because you just, you don't have all the understanding of some things when that you're little. And so my idea of God when I was little, kind of, was that heaven was kind of on top of a cloud, and he might be sitting on a chair holding some children on his lap. Well, when I got older, of course, I found out that wasn't true, that I went on an airplane ride, and so I flew above the, the uh, clouds, and I knew that God wasn't sitting there. So I'm just telling you that. And then also with the, the stars, I ended up dating somebody who was really like science and stuff. And I like science too, but he was just telling me about these billions and zillions of galaxies that you could see. And I was thinking, okay, well, maybe heaven's a little further than what I thought. Well, heaven does exist, but I, my faith had to grow. Um, as a child, you could probably... Um, say that I was really compliant and I was a pleaser kind of a personality, still sort of am and it's really hard because I probably would do anything for a sticker or chocolate uh, and so anyhow um, and like I said, the little girl in the picture she pick a, her, her hands were full, her pockets were full of things. Now um, you know, usually like when I was working at Hobby Lobby, I wore two carabiners and I had a price gun on each pocket and I had a list of things of what I wanted to do for the day or, you know, some announcements I had to make and stuff. So I did that. And so anyhow, um, but um, what I want to say is as I grew up and as a teenager, you could say I was a very moral person. And I did. I mean, 
Um, oh, I got to go back up a little bit. This is this is the reason that I decided to get rebaptized. Okay, when I was a child, there was a, um, a Bible school, a summer vacation Bible school class in here, and so they gave a, um, a children's sermon, and um, and I knew that what they said. I know I felt something that I wanted to do something, but I. And then, then a teacher told me, I'm sorry, I'm shaking, but Jesus is with me, so it's good. Um, but anyhow, um, the teacher asked me if I wanted to go forward. And, and, that, and those, in the old days, they had kind of altar call, and then you went forward, and then you prayed to receive Christ as your Savior. So she asked me if I wanted to go up there. And, and so from then on, I would kind of have a doubt of when I did go forward, if that was really when I made my decision. And like I said, your faith has to, your faith grows as you get older too. And so, and, and so then I wasn't sure if it was my idea or if it was really her idea and I just did because she wanted me to do it because I was a little pleaser girl. And, and, uh, so anyhow, and then I became a teenager and I was real involved in the youth group here. And, um, you know, all through high school, I never smoked. I never drank. I was uh, I was faithful to marriage, and and marriage I was faithful. Uh, you know, you could say I was really kind of a good person, and 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 things. But the thing that I want you to know is that everybody sins. I've sinned, and and other people sin, and sometimes their sin can affect you and the and the consequences of your sin can affect yourself and also others and how many sins does it take to be a sinner just one just one if i had a glass of water here and i put a drop of some dark liquid or something in it um and i put it in the clear water it would be dirty and you couldn't take that out you couldn't do it yourself in fact, I also learned as I went through, as I got older, and, I, and then I got married and stuff, and then I started going through kind of some anxiety years. I, my dad had died, and I was really scared because I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure about if Jesus really was who he claimed to be and, and all those stuff. So this was stuff that I was kind of wrestling with, and I didn't know. I didn't, I, I kind of doubted that Jesus loved me since I was doubting all these things. And so, anyhow, um, I was questioning that, and I got to the point where I even thought that, um, I don't even know, really, I mean, God, if you are who you claim to be, if you, if this is true, then you're going to have to show this to me so that I know that I know that I know. Because when you're little and you grow up, you can rededicate your life to God and stuff. And then some people will try to get you to say, oh, you just need a spiritual birthday. So if you didn't know if you really did it, then if you accept Christ as your Savior today, that will be your spiritual birthday. And then you'll know. Well, the thing is that made me know is that you know that you know that you know on the basis of what God has told you in his word. And what I'm so thankful for is during all those years where I struggled with fear and anxiety, um, one of my best friends, she's sitting there, Diane, uh, she's sitting back there, her and my other friend, Pam, my Pam, Pam just passed away recently. 
But we were talking, and, and I told them, that, you know, I, I was having these problems, and I says, I went to this retreat or something, and this lady said, I just need to have a spiritual birthday. And I said, no. I, I said, that's just not... That's not good enough. And so they suggested, they invited me to um, an organization called Bible Study Fellowship. And when you go to Bible Study Fellowship, you study the Bible, but you can't use a commentary. You have to read God's Word and answer questions just on that. And it wasn't there that I talked to one of the leaders, and she told me, she didn't tell me to get a spiritual birthday, and she didn't tell me, you know, to do stuff. She didn't tell me to do stuff. She told me to get quiet, and she gave me some passages and to read God's Word. And then I started really studying God's Word really, really much. And then one day that I prayed, and I said, I don't know if it was when I was little, but I know or if it was at this point in my life. But I knew then that I believed. And um, so I did that, and I'm so thankful for that. And some of the lessons that God uh, was going to teach me uh, was that the ground at the cross is all level. You know, just because somebody is pretty moral or whatever, a good person, does not make them not a sinner. They don't make them any better than the worst sinner you can think of. Christ, Christ's uh, offering is for everyone. And so, uh, I just want you to know that. You can't, you can't be so bad. And even as a Christian, you, you know, you still sin, but you ask for forgiveness, but God has forgiven you. That's the cool thing between religion and and Christianity. Because in religion, you do something, you try to do something to attain a good graces of God, maybe, or just to make yourself feel better, but, that's not going to, that you're still separated from God. And the thing is, is what God did in Christianity. It all hinges on what Jesus did for us. He died and he died for our sins. And if you think about that, um, that analogy or the, the story in the Bible about the lost sheep, you know, he left the 99 and he goes after the lost sheep. Would you think about what that lost sheep looked like? And that's what I look like to God. You know, he, the lost sheep would have got, went through fields and stuff and probably would have got a lot of birds and say those birds represented sin. Well, you know, God went through all that to get to you. And then he picked that lamb up with We'll say the dirty, smelly lamb with a verse. And what he does is his, his grace, and that's what I had to learn. I studied a lot about grace and what it meant. And it's like your clothes are stained. Say you had to go to some place and, and then you got, say you had an opportunity to go meet somebody like the Queen of England or just somebody important. And then you went to go up. And they were gonna, like, they were gonna try to give you an award or something like that. Or just, you know, you wanted to go talk to them. Well, you couldn't, you couldn't, not talk to them, but if, that you were, say you were, that you wanted to get, you wanted to get a reward, but you were embarrassed because of the terrible stain on your clothing that was embarrassing to you. Um, God exchanges when his, what his death on the cross did, he took my sin and all you guys' sin, and he placed it on himself. He took the punishment for our sin, and then what he did is when we confess our sins to him, 
he and ask him to be our savior, he forgives our sin and, and he, and, and that's a continual process through our life, but he has forgiven our sins. And so it's not something that you do, it's something that's been done for you. And so, um, I just wanted to, uh, know that. And, um, and then, you know, you wonder, you know, all through that time when I was down, I go, well, how could God really love me? Because I'm having all these, these feelings about is God really who he says he was and everything. And there are people in the Bible that went through that. Uh, John the Baptist went through that when he was in jail. He said, you know, are you really the Christ? Are you the one that we were waiting for and stuff? And, and, and God answered him and God does love you. And he does love me. I kept thinking, well, you know, he, he's kind of a distant God and, and, you know, and, and my dad kind of was in the, in the time where people uh, were in the war in World War II and stuff and kind of more distant. And you didn't tell really your kids that you loved them and showed a lot of emotion and stuff like that. You didn't do that. And I knew that he loved me, but he just didn't say it. Well, you know, God is not exactly like our fathers. Even though we call him our Heavenly Father, it, he's different. He's more. And um, so anyhow... Um, so I went through that, and then, um, uh, and then, so I knew that God loved me because when I asked Jesus to be my Savior, it says in the Scripture that He puts a seal on you, the Holy Spirit, and that seal is something that's that some, nobody else can rip it off. So once that you are adopted, and He adopted me as His own. So once you're adopted, you can't like get unadopted, and um, and then I went on in life. And, you know, all those things that I was afraid of and stuff, you know, some of those things I worried about and was afraid about, some of those things never happened. Well, then later on in my life, something did happen that I never was afraid of that at all. I didn't think it was going to happen. And that circumstance happened, and it ended up that I was alone, and I was without a job. And I, I didn't know, and I just found out that I had had some, uh, diseases that were going to, autoimmune diseases that were going to, uh, affect my health, and that, so it was going to be real expensive medically and stuff. And, uh, and to that time, God, He gave me my job at Hobby Lobby. And I worked there for 10 years, and I thought, okay, I've gone through this terrible circumstances where I've lost some families and some friends, you know, and or hadn't communicated with them. But then, um, sorry, I'm babbling now. So anyhow, so uh, anyhow, um, I, I noticed some changes during that time. My changes during that time were... And even now, I, you know, I had another diagnosis from the doctor earlier this year, some of you know, and I'm on oxygen the rest of my life for that. And it can shorten my life. And, um, and we're praying that I'll be around as long as I can be. But, uh, you know, you have to go, I had to go through all that again. I lost everything. I saw people every day. I had friends every day at work. And then, you know, I'm more at home. And I'm still seeing some people and stuff, but it's not like I did. I interacted with all the customers and everything. Um, but the thing I will say is what knowing Jesus does for you and having him here in your life, when he puts his Holy Spirit in you, circumstances come in your life. And you know what happens? When you're praying about it and stuff, and 
And even, you know, even when you're not, he puts it in your heart not to respond the way that you think that you would respond or necessarily uh, read the things that you think that you would read. Um, and he just, um, he just uh, will... He just will help you to respond. He will help your responses when somebody is, um, does something horrible to you or whatever. You know, he will, he will help your responses and he will even want you to forgive those people, you know, and stuff and put in there a desire to do that. And before you wouldn't have a desire to do it because you wouldn't care, you know. So I'm just saying that God changes you and he helps you and I could not do life without him. And I will say that the thing that uh, I have learned the most is my favorite verse, which is, I will remain confident of this. This is in Psalm 27, 13 to 14. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord and be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. When the Bible's talking about hope in many instances, it's not wishful thinking. It's something I know that I know that I know. And God will help you do that. And and that's what he's done for me. So thank you for listening. Based on your confession of your faith in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anastasia Beasley and Anastasia, um, I just want to ask you, you we're going to baptize you. You have uh, your faith in Jesus Christ for your salvation. Do you want to tell us anything about how that happened? Um, no, not really. No? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I told them they didn't have, they, they didn't have to. Um, what, what's the difference you see between, um, well, let me ask you, why do you want to be baptized? Um, I've just had a lot more peace in my life since I've... Um, accepted Jesus and just, you know, I want to make this declaration that I, you know, I have Jesus in my heart. <laughs> That's good. Anything else you want to say? Okay. <laughs> All right. Come on, Mary, just a little bit. All right, Anastasia, based upon your confession of your faith in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. and Mama, and she has a couple of names. <laughs> Lauren, yes. we're going to baptize you. Uh, you have your faith in Christ for your salvation? Yes. You want to tell us anything about how that happened or um, why you're being baptized? 
I grew up in the church, and I think it just kind of evolved into my own personal faith. And I love Jesus, and I love my kids and my family, and I want them to love Jesus, and I want them to see my commitment to Jesus. Amen. That's good. Now, if I can ask you, too, you yes. had told me you were baptized as an infant. Yes. So was I. Cool. So tell me, how is it, how, how, why is, why are you doing this now, then? Because I feel like that was more for my parents and not for me. Um, I don't remember it. We were actually just talking about this downstairs. Um, I don't remember it, and uh, my parents are amazing, and they loved Jesus back then and dedicated me when I was a baby, and this is for me, and this is the outward expression of how I feel and what I believe. Amen. Anything else you want to say? No. Okay, Lauren, based upon your confession of faith in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a couple of things I never thought about in churches when they built them in the 60s. One is that there would be handicapped people, you know, and so, um, uh, you know, you build a church on five different levels and none of them being ground level. And the other is we probably should have put a railing up here in the baptistry, huh? (laughs) Katie Scanlon. Okay. One of two that I've known since she's been born (laughs) that I'm baptizing today. Um, Katie. You've uh, given your life to Christ. You've, you're trusting in Christ for your salvation? Yes. Do you want to tell us anything about how that happened? No. no that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. Tell us why you want to be baptized. Um, <clears throat> I've been a Christian for a really long time, and I'm scared of the water, so I didn't want to do it. Um, <laughs> but I know. Um, but... I don't know. I've seen my younger siblings be baptized. I've seen my younger cousins do it, and I don't know. I think it's time. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. Anything else you want to say? No. Okay. (laughs) Katie, based upon your confession of faith in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Annalise Powers, we have a brother and sister, her brother's here, so he can watch her get baptized, and she'll be there so she can watch him get baptized. It's kind of a neat uh, a neat thing to be able to do. Uh, there. Elise, you have given your life to Christ. You have trusting in him for your salvation? Yes. By any chance, you want to tell us anything about how that happened? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so this summer, I went to Miracle Camp, and before that, I had grown up in the church, but I never... I never really felt like I had a connection, um, and just going to Miracle Camp, I just felt this overwhelming joy and love 
when I really accepted Christ into my heart, um, and I felt like going home, um, I just felt this need to share that with other people. Um, so, yeah. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. All right. Turn the other way. All right. Elise, based upon your confession of faith in Christ, we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wilder, leader of the pack. So, Wilder, you've given your life to Christ. You have a relationship with him for your salvation? Yes. You want to tell us anything about how that happened? Um, so a couple years back, I started coming to a youth group with my friend Ben, sitting right there. Thank you, Ben. Um, and so after that, I got really involved, and I felt like I actually belonged there. And there was a lot of turmoil going on in our family. And so um, all the events that led up to that kind of guided me. And I feel so blessed to just, like, be standing here today. And it's been a long journey, I guess. So. That's good. I told you that, we, you know, we asked him to write it out and to, and to also express it to us verbally. Uh, he and his sister both wrote out so really, really clear, great testimonies. It was really an enjoyment uh, for us to be able to read that. Anything else you want to say to him? Uh, no. No. Okay. No, that's good, man. We're good. All right, so Wilder, based upon your confession of faith in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was also the transition from the females to the males now, so. You're good. We also put in like the narrowest stairway that's possibly usable to get up and down. Carl, come on over here for a second. Okay. Uh, you have you've been uh, really kind of a joy too to see over the years. Uh, you have your relationship with Christ. Put your faith in Him for salvation. I do. And you want to tell us a little bit about how that happened? Well, uh, it happened by Ralph keeping after me all these years to uh, join the church and be a Christian. So after about forty years. I finally listened to him. Amen. Amen. So how old were you when you when you came to a relationship with Christ? Close. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, but one in one ear and off the other. Yeah. And then how what age when you decided to take that this was gonna be a serious commitment for you? Oh well, after my wife passed away five years ago, uh, Ralph 
still tried to get after me and come to church. And so I joined this church four and a half years ago. Amen. Yeah. Kind of a neat thing. Yeah. Whenever we have something with food, this guy brings half the grocery store. We love it. He, uh, it's just kind of a, a neat thing. Well, we got potluck dinner next week. I'm guessing you already have plans. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So, um, anything else you want to say? No, I just, uh, I just wanted to do this here to show my family and friends uh, what you should try to do to make sure you're saved, you know. Amen. And, uh, I just want to turn directions and uh, go a different way and let the Holy Spirit come into me and and uh, do what the Holy Spirit does, His miracle of changing you and and uh, make you think like God wants you to think good. And for Jesus Christ. Amen. Good, good. Turn around face that way. Okay. All right, Carl, based upon your confession of faith in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The other one that I've known since he's been born. The um, uh, Pete Switzer. Did I tell you the other guy was named Carl Boyce? Did I forget to tell you that was Carl? Well, that was Carl. This is Pete, Pete Switzer the third. Yes. And uh, you are, you have, uh, we're going to baptize you because you have a relationship to Christ. You're trusting him for your salvation? Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that happened? Or? Yes. Okay, so I'll try to give a condensed history of my life in less than two minutes. So... My parents were married here at Northside Missionary Church on July 1st, 2000, and I was born on June 16th, 2004, and I was dedicated here as a baby um, December 12th, 2004, so four days short of being six months old. And so I grew up in the church. I was here all the time when I was little, and but, you know, you never really put my faith in Jesus. I knew about him, but it was never so personal. But, and then when it was... March of 2017, so I was 13 years old, and no, I was 12, and I decided that, well, I, I thought I would wanted to become Catholic because the Catholic Church was so glamorous, and they were so big, and they were so old, and they were so interesting, so, and I kind of learned about that for around eight months until October of 2017, I started coming back to church here, and I decided not to become Catholic because of they teach that you have to do certain things to go to heaven, like participate in Mass and go to confession, etc., where the Bible says it's just by faith. So that's the reason I started coming back to church, and I gave my life to Christ when I was 13 years old in December of 2017. And so and here I am today. That's good. That's also why you want to be baptized? Um, I want to be baptized because it's a testimony that we want to live for Jesus and that he has saved us and changed us into more of the type of person that he would want us to be. So I, it's a proclamation, and it's a sign of living out what you should be and always trying to improve yourself. 
Very good. Very good. You want to keep your glasses on? Yeah. Give it right, based upon your confession of faith in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You weren't sure, were you, how long this is all going to take? God is good. They're going to come and, uh, uh, well, Kent's going to lead us in another song, Kent and Kelvin, and uh, give you the screen and everything. Thank you. Well, they'll be, they're going to change. They'll be meeting you out in the lobby when the service is over.